Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are back with the World Soccer Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Harris, joined by my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, the last few weeks, it's been pretty busy. Uh, and obviously, there was Thanksgiving uh, for those of us in the United States, celebrating that. Uh, lots of work, trying to get everything together for the family and you know, everything that's involved in that. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. But then also, there was Soccer X in Miami that Kartik, uh, you were at. Uh, unfortunately, I missed it, but but you were there uh, interviewing Guillaume Balague, one of the top um, soccer journalists in the world, uh, about his uh, latest uh, edition of his biography about uh, Leo Messi, and it's the only authorized uh, biography. So that was really good. I got, I got some good clips of that uh, that we shared on social media. And then also we've been busy interviewing people. So uh, I interviewed uh, Sean Harvey um, from Wrexham about streaming which i'm hoping to have that story on worldsoccertalk.com later this week kartik i know that you've been speaking to everyone uh ligan as well as a lot of uh, representatives uh media executives you mean people within the business at soccer x and also i think too there's another league that we're oh Serie A, and Serie A we'll get into also in terms of uh, the latest developments there kartik did i miss anything uh, no, I think we covered uh, well CBS as well. Obviously, that's we'll true. CBS executives as well, and, and uh, uh, should have some features on World Soccer Talk this week about that. And then uh, next week, uh, hoping to have something up about Liga and our, our conversations with them. Yeah, I can't believe I missed CBS Sports. Uh, yeah, Kartik was also there. That was another uh, day, and that was in Miami for Destination Miami, interviewing everyone from. Uh, uh, Micah Richards to um, uh, Christina Uncle, one of our favorites in terms of, uh, to me, the star of the show, really, at CBS Sports' UEFA Champions League coverage, and much, much more. So lots of good stuff coming out in the next uh, week or two at worldsoccertalk.com. What I want to talk about is I feel that at this moment in time, in where we are in in terms of TV viewership, and how many people are watching watching games uh, week in, week out from all the different leagues from around the world. We're at, at a place where there's a couple of deals coming up that uh, 
Liga and we mentioned are in talks uh, about their next TV deal. They're in their final year of, of their cycle. Serie A is in their final uh, season of their cycle currently with CBS Sports. And, and there's other leagues too that are looking at the situation here going, okay, how can we compete? If I'm a Ligue 1, if I'm a Serie A, if I'm a Major League Soccer, how do I compete against the big dogs? And the feeling I have right now, Kartik, um, whether the listeners are fans of the Premier League or not, and, and you can be fans of any league, I, I mean, to me, the more the merrier. Um, I feel that the, the Premier League is so so much of a majority, so so embedded in the soccer culture in the United States as the number one English language uh, soccer league in this country that I can't foresee a time anytime soon that they're going to lose that crown. What about you? Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's I, and I'm not necessarily happy about this. So I don't come at a place from a come at this from a place of Premier League bias. I've come at this from a place of Premier League skepticism, where I was hoping someone would challenge them. I was hoping the audience would broaden, but we just have to report what we see and what we observe and what other people in the business tell us. Uh, look, uh, the vibe at CBS, and we'll get more into this in terms of uh, some of the written content coming up on World Soccer Talk in the next week. But uh, the vibe at CBS was they have programming decisions to make in terms of everything. Um, on linear television, right? There's an opportunity cost uh, to use the, 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 the word, and this is the, that's the term I would use. I use that term all the time in my everyday dealings. The opportunity cost, Jeff Gertula, um, who is uh, uh, their, their senior VP, um, I don't have his title in front of me, but uh, it does, does a lot of their programming. Runs, for, well, Paramount yeah. Plus, really, yeah. kind of the top yeah, dog. Yeah, that's the digital soccer. side. Digital side on both the uh, digital on both the sports and the news side. Actually, he does um, for CBS, uh, and he's based in, in uh, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Um, the op- opportunity cost was the term he used in terms of putting any soccer programming on television um, on linear television, unless uh, it was Champions League. And I sense when we're talking about Champions League, we're also talking about. He didn't say this, but I, I'm kind of filling in the blank here. Champions League involving Premier League clubs. I, I think that that's like the the thing. Even at this fan fest in Miami, there was um, or, or uh, Destination Miami, the, the, their version of the fan fest. Uh, it was a shock to people that uh, the two days of the event, uh, the overwhelming majority of fans, I would say at least 80 percent, were wearing Premier League shirts. So this is a town where you have an uh, where the image, the stereotype from outside is, oh, it must be big Real Madrid and Barcelona territory, right? And mm-hmm. there's probably more Milan fans and Inter fan, Inter Milan fans and Juventus fans than um, proportionally than other American markets. Well, in fact, 80% of the fans or more that showed up were wearing Premier League shirts. Uh, I would say Arsenal uh, at, at the top of that, um, maybe uh, United second. So you're, we're talking about a situation now where even in the places where um, you would think La Liga would be doing very well, you would think Serie A would be doing well, maybe other parts of the country would think the Bundesliga is doing well, that the everyday, day in, day out soccer fans who are going to go to events that are going to be following their club day in and day out are following the Premier League. And in... in, in the case of Barcelona and Real Madrid, and I've noticed this living in South Florida, Barcelona and Real Madrid fans tend to weigh in when they play one another or they're playing at Letty. They're not 
they don't have the intensity of an Arsenal or a Spurs fan or a Liverpool fan that's following every match and that's uh, uh, following the everyday um, intrigue and leaving the, reading the Liverpool echo, right? Or uh, Arsenal, or a poorly drawn Arsenal and, and things like that, right? So um, even in South Florida, which you would think would be the most natural place for the Premier League not to be doing as well. Uh, and I, I um, in a lot of these conversations were kind of casual conversations. I, I don't report things that are off the record or on background. But one thing I will say is that the CBS people were surprised by this, right? Like just mm-hmm. the, 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 the disproportionate number of fans that were Premier League fans at this thing. And I think that that's where we're at. I mean, um, unfortunately, I don't think the television numbers, and I say this with some regret, Chris, as a soccer guy, uh, the television numbers for the other leagues justify them being uh, taking up a lot of time on linear television. And it feels like even when you go and talk to a casual sports fan about soccer, they have put in their mind that the Premier League is the global equivalent of the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, um, uh, uh, NHL. So they're not following other leagues. So even if they're kind of casually following soccer and they're just an all-around sports fan, their focus is is the Premier League. And um, Real Madrid could win the Champions League or, or uh, PSG could win the Champions League. They're still talking more about the Premier League title race and who the top teams in the Premier League are. So I, I just think we're in that place. And that's, that's the reality, for better or for worse. I think it's for worse. But... Um, Hey, give the Premier League credit. Their marketing, their whatever they've done in this country has worked, and what the other leagues have done has not worked. Yeah, I think. I mean, next summer is going to be ten years since uh, the twenty fourteen uh, World Cup in Brazil, which is, which to me is one of the high points of uh, soccer in this country in terms of. I mean, all the games being available, almost all the games being available on television, um, just mass fandom, really a lot of excitement about the. Uh, the U.S. men's national team, a lot of, uh, I mean, really, and, and 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 buzz, and also kind of not just buzz, but also um, I'm trying to think of the word, but in terms of the U.S. being a really strong team at that point, uh, a lot of fans into, I mean, the Bundesliga and, and the Premier League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think ten years ago, I, th- I think most of the major leagues, soccer leagues, I'm talking about probably thought that they had a chance to go ahead and really compete with Liga Mackies and the Premier League. And here's an opportunity for the Bundesliga and some other leagues to really push the limits and, and really grow their leagues. However, at this moment in time, if you go through and think about what leagues are available on over-the-air television, basically it's, it's, all, it's all the games are on streaming. Now and again, if you're lucky, you'll get a, a game on, on television, few and far between La Liga all the games on streaming now and again on English language television, maybe ABC will pick up a El Clasico, maybe not always recently, not so much, but now and again, there'll be a, a game on, on free to television. Uh, Ligan has been on being sports for years. You mean Serie A is uh, almost exclusive. Well, almost, yeah, almost exclusively on streaming now and again, if you're lucky, well, no, it's, it's on streaming, right? You go down the list, major league soccer, you mean every single game is on streaming now and again if you're lucky there'll be a game on 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 fox or fs1 so really what we come down to is really the premier league against liga mechies as the two top leagues in this country still having a lot of games on over the air uh, network television as well as of course a lot of those games on streaming too on on liga mechies you got games on univision 
some games on Tuduene, you mean the cable channel, and you've got some of the games on VIX Plus or VIX, which is a, a paid streaming service. And then the Premier League, of course, we know Peacock, USA Network, and NBC. So, so I think where we're at today is if you're a casual soccer fan, or even if you're a hardcore soccer fan, the most accessible and easily available leagues to watch on television are the Premier League and Liga Mekis. And I know you and I, Kartik, have talked about the last couple of years, talking about kind of Premier League TV ratings, and more so, I think, your, your disappointment in terms of, yeah, they're not really doing that great. They're not really kind of going up those those levels that we want them to go up. But, and, and the reality is, is that cord cutting now is almost at the same number. The number of people that have cut the cord is almost at the same number as the number of people that now have a cable or satellite subscription. So basically, within the next probably month, uh, or so cord cutting will be the number one way for people to watch uh, uh, content, really, basically, right? Whether it's sports or et cetera. And, and Liga Mackey's TV ratings are down approximately 30 to 40%. And the Premier League's is roughly, it's still plateauing, but I think even to a plateau at this point in time, with all, all the changes, all, all people cutting the cord, is quite an achievement. And, and this is not me kind of bragging about the Premier League, how great it is, how wonderful it's doing. I think, I think it's just more so an open, honest conversation about where we're at today. And you and I have done this before, Kartik. You've written a lot about women's soccer, NWSL. Very little interest, it seems. We can go down the list, right? The Bundesliga. We tweet something out the Bundesliga. I, I tweeted something out about the biggest Bundesliga game of the weekend this weekend for the technical difficulties. There's very few people that are responding. They're not plugged in. Serie A, even with Christian Pulisic and Yunus Musa and Tim, Timmy Weyer and Weston McKinney, even he, the Americans there mostly right now, the star American players are mostly playing in Serie A. I don't think Serie A is, is moving the needle either, even with the Americans. No, so, and the Bundesliga didn't when they had Americans. I mean, so the precedent was set. I don't know why there was an expectation, Chris, that, that somehow Serie A was going to have this huge renaissance in the U.S., um, uh, because of it. I mean, and, and to your point, I think you make a very good point about the numbers plateauing. I look at raw numbers, and that's maybe where I'm making a mistake. You're right, there's cord cutting, and if you look at the, sh the share, the rating, the actual rating, which um, uh, uh, is assigned, the Premier League ratings are actually higher than they've been. Uh, because the share of the audience, of the potential audience on cable is much higher than it was. Not much higher, but is higher than it was even when the numbers, the raw numbers were peaked in the 15-16 season. So, um, yeah, the Premier League is holding its own and everybody else is kind of struggling. Yeah, and I think the other part of it too is that you saw it first person, right, going to the Fan Fest in Miami, um, seeing people wearing Arsenal shirts, Man United shirts, Liverpool shirts, etc. Um, I mean, you and I went to the Fan Fest uh, earlier this year in Orlando, I've been to the ones in Miami, etc., etc., but even on, on social media, you go to social media on any given weekend, and I will give NBC Sports full credit for this. Um, the hashtag uh, my uh, Premier League morning or my PL morning. Every weekend, you see photos of people, families, you know, you know, taking pictures. Uh, NBC Sports then shares those on on their um, TV broadcast too. So it, it reinforces the the reality that there are a lot of people in this community. In addition to that, Kartik, you go on on social media any weekend too. You'll see tons of posts from people around the United States going to their local pub or their bar, having a supporters group, 
and even experience in that Arsenal match, experience that, that, that Spurs match. Um, so it, if the feeling is there's a huge community there where they're all in it together, if you become a fan of Bournemouth, I don't think you feel lonely anymore, right? You probably feel, okay, hey, there's actually a bunch of, um, as one example, there's a bunch of Bournemouth supporters groups throughout the United States. They probably have yeah. a, an official U.S. supporters group. Uh, you can take pictures and you know, post them on, on social media, and then now all of a sudden you're on NBC and so on and so forth. And the, and the feeling I get is for a lot of those other leagues, and, and that's the reality of it, maybe it comes down to this, Mark, uh, Kartik, is that the marketing, you mean, I'm not seeing that with Serie A. I'm not seeing that with Major League Soccer. I'm not seeing that even with Liga Mackies. I'm not seeing that with all those other leagues. I'm not seeing like a, an effort really to to grow. I mean, they're trying, but it's it's not enough. And it, it almost feels like it's inevitable. It's, it almost feels like it's impossible for them to to really break 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 through the barrier, break break through the glass ceiling, and, and actually, you mean surpass or even get close to surpassing uh the premier league yeah i i think the the, the key thing here is and in fact uh maybe i'm in a different world on social media the social media circles i'm in i think disproportionately uh skew the uh the interest in la liga uh Serie A and bundesliga i see more fan stuff with the, those leagues and uh, is actually represented in society when i go out in society and i I know uh, for a couple of years because of COVID and maybe my own isolation, whatever, uh, own personal stuff, I was uh, I was isolated and, and, and not circulating as much among uh, people in society, and was just relying on social media to make to make these determinations. But now that I'm circulating again a lot in, in Florida, a place where again I think the view is that those other leagues would be stronger relative to the Premier League, I, I don't see it. I mean, I don't see any interest. Serie A and, and the Bundesliga are invisible. Um, you'll see the occasional um, Juventus kit or someone who tells me occasionally, oh, I'm an Inter Milan fan, but very, very rarely. A Bundesliga, completely off the radar. And in terms of La Liga, yeah, there are people who are Barcelona and Real Madrid fans who just aren't paying attention week in and week out. They say they're a Barcelona or Real Madrid fan very much the same way I think a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan or I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm dating. I don't, I don't watch American pro sports anymore, but I'm just picking what were the most popular teams at one time. Um, it feels kind of like that, right? They just say, oh, I like Real Madrid because that's the, that's the established top team. But they're not really engaged week in and week out. And that's something I thought would change with ESPN covering that league. Uh, ESPN has promoted the league. I, I um, uh, when I watch college basketball games on ESPN, ESPN Family of Networks, the last few weeks, there are always promotions for La Liga. Always, in fact, oftentimes there are promotions for La Liga in the corner on the ticker during the college basketball games. They're not promoting the next big college basketball game. They're promoting the next big La Liga game on ESPN Plus, like uh, uh, during this ACC. Um, SEC Challenge this past week, they were promoting Atleti, uh, Barcelona Atleti the whole time. But I'm sure, I mean, they don't release streaming numbers, Chris, but I'm guessing not that many people watched. That would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no I, I agree. Kartik, when was the last time you saw someone wearing a a uh, shirt for a MLS club in public? Uh, oh, in public. Right now, I'm wearing one. We're not putting this episode on camera, but I'm wearing a Timber shirt. 
actually, right now, Portland Timbers shirt. Um, that doesn't mean I'm a Timbers fan. Seattle people don't come after me. Um, always have nice I, shirts, right? Yeah, they always they. I love the colors, and I love Seattle's colors too. Similar colors, so uh, I do have a Seattle shirt as well. Uh, when was the last time I saw someone wear an MLS shirt that was not Inter Miami in public? Because um, there are people with messy shirts, right? Jeez, uh, um, I want to say I saw someone wearing an Atlanta United shirt um, in your neck of the woods in Jacksonville back in August. It was just okay. one random person. I think that was it. So I think so it's almost, been three months, yeah. three or four months. Yeah, yeah. The, the last time I saw one, <laughs> the Messi one, yeah, that's that's different, right? Into Miami. It's almost like into Miami and Messi are in a separate league. Uh, which is not MLS. I mean, maybe I mean, they're in MLS and, and then uh, Major League Soccer is in, in a different league. It feels that way sometimes. But um, the last time I saw it in, in public would have been the last time I went to uh, an Inter-Miami game, which was in July. And obviously there's you know, there'd be a ton of uh, fans wearing Inter-Miami shirts, but um, I'm trying to remember who they played. I can't even remember who they played against. But whoever they played against, I saw the shirts of, of the opponent's team. Um yeah, yeah I think, you, I'm thinking you otherwise. It, you, you don't see it. I mean, I mean, the Messi thing is different, right? But you, you, it'd yeah. be nice to see some. I, I've never seen an LAFC shirt in public. I've never seen a. Never. Uh, I, I think I remember seeing some New York Red Bull shirts maybe ten years ago. Some people wearing those, or some of the knockoff shirts, or the the cheap shirts that I only move. see Atlanta and Philly Union. I've seen a, 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 you know a couple like three or four Philly Union shirts the last couple of years in Florida, but that's it. Um, those are the only two teams I see outside of right. the Messi Inter Miami, and I didn't see Inter Miami shirts before Messi signed. So even though I'm in South Florida, I didn't see Inter Miami shirts. I don't see Orlando City stuff anymore either. Mm-hmm. I don't as as good as Orlando City has been in the last few years, and they did sell out that uh, that Columbus game right in the playoffs a week ago. Um, I don't see stuff Orlando City stuff on cars as much as I used to. I don't see people. I'm in I'm in Central Florida a lot, so. Uh, uh, this is a this is kind of more uh, more hard evidence. I don't see as many people wearing purple as as used to, um, I, right. and that started before the Apple deal. But I'm sure it's it's gotten it's intensified this year. So so going back to kind of a, a discussion about you mean, is it even possible for anyone to even get close to beating the Premier League at this point? And, and the way it's heading is is the Premier League is getting very very close to breaking. Liga Mekis in terms of what Liga Mekis numbers are, and Liga Mekis numbers are, are down considerably. Um, their numbers are usually the greatest when it's the playoffs, and it's you mean Chivas against Club America in the final, and over the course of two two legs, I mean kind of the first leg and the second leg, you might get uh, over two million or two point five million people watching the, those games. Um, in isolation, the Premier League were getting what um, one point five million for some of the games, sometimes even higher than that but usually it's kind of upwards close to hitting the million mark sometimes for a big match it's over and and then at the same time i mean a lot of the big games are on peacock now you mean man city against spurs you mean and, and that's the thing Kartik. and let me just add one more thing about this too is that it seems to me to me at least when i'm tuning in to watch um the premier league it's almost always some blockbuster games so you mean I'm I'm I mean Man City against Spurs, what a game that was, right? The Liverpool game from um, Sunday morning, right? The Liverpool game where it was uh, against Fulham. I mean, you go, you go down the list from the last several weeks. I don't think I've seen any duds in the Premier League. 
I mean, that's the thing, right? At the end of the day is that for the most part, not always, is it's entertaining. It's high quality, fast paced. Yeah, really annoying with the bar, right? But for the most part, it's it's the game to watch. It's the I mean, on, a, on any given weekend, you can pretty much put put a safe bet on one of the games of the weekend is going to be in the Premier League, and you can't guarantee that always with Serie A or La Liga or Ligue 1 or the Bundesliga. It just seems like the the big kind of blockbuster games, not always, but most of the time, are in the Premier League. So you are you are getting that. You mean, yes, you're investing your time and energy and, and sometimes you know, money into watching these games, but you're getting the return. It feels like a really good process where you feel that you, it, it was worth the money. It's not always that way, Kartik. But what about the other leagues? I mean, do you see that same type of you mean, kind of entertainment level when, when you're investing in, in those other leagues or watching those other leagues? Well, well, I think that there's a difference between entertainment and quality. And, and uh, I've tried to make this argument for years, and I've lost the argument. I'll be quite honest, but I've said, look, I, I can readily concede the Premier League is more entertaining than other leagues in Europe. Uh, it has been for 15 or 20 years. Uh, but uh, I would argue at various times the quality in other leagues is better. Um, I think it was probably better for much of last season in Serie A than it was in the Premier League. I think the Bundesliga certain years have been better. Uh, La Liga consistently until, not anymore, uh, but consistently for five, six, seven years in recent times quality level was better than um, Premier League. But that doesn't matter, right? First off, Serie A has a terrible problem with their stadiums. They have a terrible problem with their crowds. So uh, that, 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 that part of, that's part of why on television that league doesn't translate, even the quality level. As I argue last season, I thought it was the best league in Europe last season. The quality level wasn't, doesn't, doesn't equate to, to, um, to television because of those things. The Bundesliga does have the atmospheres. They do have the grounds. But they also have one team dominating the league, and um, I think a lack of um, a lack of kind of uh, familiarity with a lot of the clubs, right? And and I, I do think the Bundesliga, uh, the balance of the Bundesliga is is now hurting it, right? When you've got Hamburg and uh, Schalke uh, consistently, uh, Nuremberg's now back in the second division, right? You have some of the bigger bigger brand clubs. Um, that are that are that are in the lower tier, and you have Freiburg and last year Union Berlin uh, fighting for Champions League spots. Um, that's that doesn't necessarily help the league, I believe it or not. And right. then uh, and then in the case of Liga, uh, they're they're invisible, right? I I, I do yep. think potentially, and we'll get more into this in in, in some of the conversations uh, we're having with Liga. Uh, I do think potentially because there's Liga 1 is the number one incubator league for the Premier League, right? It is the league which produces more high-level players who then star in England uh, in the league that that more people are watching than all the other leagues combined in Europe, uh, at least in this country. That they do have a potential, but they have a problem being on BN. And and um, based on our conversations, Chris, and I I, I don't want to speak too out of school here. Uh, but I think that they do recognize, much like La Liga did a few years ago, that they do have a problem with their exposure. But all of this having been said, the Premier League is more entertaining. It has the right combination of uh, of, of, of crowd ambiance, of, uh, of entertainment on the pitch, and really good production levels from NBC. The way the games are produced, the way the games are presented. Um, and uh, I think that that has uh, come up a level now this season with uh, John Champion. 
joining them. Uh, you have Peter Drury on Saturdays. You have John Champion on Sundays. Although I don't know what happened yesterday, why we got the international league for for right. uh, City City Spurs. But generally, we have those that, 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 that those two iconic uh, English language uh, announcers calling games on NBC. So that just elevates it even further. I think it's important to to note also, Kartik, is that it's not just that we're watching the Premier League and that's it, and we're just speaking from kind of a Premier League perspective. Um, the reality is we're watching those other leagues. So this past weekend, right, uh, watched the Bundesliga game, I watched uh, Leverkusen against Dortmund, I watched uh, Serie A, watched uh, Napoli against Inter, watched uh, Barcelona against Atleti, I watched uh, Cincinnati against Columbus. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of the French league, but I often do. If I hear something really interesting is happening, I'll, I'll jump and switch to that that channel to be in sports to watch something. It's almost like I need to be alerted to something, something major is happening or some some incredible uh, game or back and forth, etc. So uh, what, where we speak at this from is kind of looking at around ourselves, um, doing some research, talking to people within the business. And the reality is where we're at, and I'm I broke the story last week on about Serie A at worldsoccertalk.com. It's right this second. Serie A does not have a broadcaster for next season. Serie A, by this point in time, should have announced who the broadcaster is going to be for next season. They've been in talks with CBS Sports, as we reported back in September, about renewing the deal. Serie A, and Kartik, you know better than anyone on this one, didn't get a really good deal in uh, in Italy with Sky and, and DAZN and now feel that they're in a spot where they really have to get more revenue from rights fees in the United States and other international markets to really kind of close that gap um, to make up for that for the kind of the disappointing numbers. And CBS is balking. CBS Sports, according to my sources, are ready to step away, that they're not ready to renew at the price that, that Serie A wants, which is much much greater than what cbs sports values that league at and i think that, that to me that's kind of a slap in the face to a lot of to soccer fans in this country is just because a league is on paramount plus and if you're lucky you might have a game on cbs sports network now and again maybe if you're lucky but for the most part it's a slap in the face to say like hey where is the viewership because i think if the viewership was there if the, the viewership was watching these games in large numbers, CBS Sports would say, you know what, it's worth paying more because we're seeing growth. We're seeing the number of Paramount Plus subscriptions increase. We're seeing a whole bunch of media coverage about, about Serie A and Frosinone and you know, AC Milan and, and all these teams throughout the, the league. And isn't it great? And it's just wonderful. Um, the reality is I'm not seeing that. And, and I don't blame CBS Sports for saying, for saying like, hey, we're not willing to pay I mean, crazy numbers to renew a league that is a fantastic league, a, a league I love, a league I watch. I think CBS Sports has done a fantastic job in terms of their coverage and the studio work that they've done and the commentators. Chris Whittingham have been kind of the lead commentator now. I, I love that. Uh, Matteo Benetti as a co-com, that's fantastic. They've done a great job. And Serie A, for the most part, has been an entertaining league to watch too. It's more tactical. It's it's different. It's you have your characters, you have your Jose's, you have the managers are strong characters. But maybe Kartik, maybe the bigger question is: Is the soccer population, the population of soccer fans in this country, shrinking? Does does it feel that way? 
it feels like it's not growing. Whether it's shrinking or not, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel it's growing. And in fact, I've had this conversation with a number of people who are in the know. Uh, they kind of acknowledge, they, they tacitly admit, even though they don't want to, I don't want to admit it either, that we, we've kind of plateaued in terms of growth for soccer and growth for an interest in soccer. Now, the intensity of those who are soccer fans already might be growing. So that um, that's something different, right, that you can measure. But in terms of actually growing the audience, it isn't happening. But we have a Copa America this summer. Uh, then we have a, a, a World Cup in 2026. Yeah. We potentially have a Women's World Cup in 2027. I think it's probably going to be here. So those might be things that, that uptick the audience, or they might not be. Um, because I think another thing we're finding is that the, the, the audience for international football tends to kind of segregate itself more and more from, um, from, uh, from club soccer, uh, not just domestic club soccer, but, um, but the, 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 the European club game. Uh, in terms of Serie A, real quickly, uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I know CBS is, uh, is very happy with uh, what the Brazilian League has produced for them uh, in terms of uh, production of matches, the, um, that it's driven people to sign up for Paramount+. Plus. Um, and so if you take that Serie A, right, Brasileiro, uh, and compare it to the Italian Serie A, you're looking at a... My, a, a property you can acquire for a lot less money, uh, a property which um, there is enough of an English language audience that they uh, that they tune in, and you're driving new subscribers to Paramount Plus at a much lower price point than Serie A uh, or Italian Serie A. So I think it, you know the very natural comparison for CBS now, um, for better or for worse, is Serie A is it worth the that the money when you can get leagues like uh, Brazil, Argentina, Brazil more so than Argentina, uh, that drive subscribers. People will sign up for Paramount Plus because you have uh, games from those leagues. So that's um, that's 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 an issue. That's what they have to weigh. And um, Serie A's domestic TV deal, they settled um, at, a, at a lower um, uh, rights fee than uh, perhaps they should have, but at the same time, uh, you don't want to be in the position Liga has in, where they don't have a domestic TV deal going into next season uh, right now. So uh, Serie A wanted to avoid that. Uh, they, I think there, there is some recognition among Serie A executives that the product itself is not as popular in, uh, in Italy as it used to be. Uh, Agnelli, before he got run out of Juventus, before uh, everything that happened recently, uh, had warned that, 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 that um, the younger generation in Italy had abandoned the league, and that was kind of his pretext for wanting to create a Super League. Um, so that's what CBS is weighing. There are other properties in soccer they can pick up, and they're going to continue to pick up properties. Um, spent a lot of time talking about USL with them uh, last week. They, they, um, they will continue to pick up properties that are value adds and drive eyeballs and viewers uh, to Paramount+. Plus. And um, unfortunately, going back to your whole premise of this conversation, Chris, um, we don't know numbers, uh, but we can surmise Serie A is not meeting expectations. Yeah, and with Serie A, if you're a Serie A fan, you probably already have Paramount Plus because you subscribe for UEFA Champions League, right? So it's not going to bring a, a right, huge right. new audience. Um, yeah, and your example of the Brazilian League, which is an you know, up-and-coming league in terms of growing. Uh, they've got some big plans behind the scenes. There's a lot of talk about uh, reforming that league to make it more of a kind of a heavyweight. As far and, as and, and, and let me actually jump in and say, say one other thing about the Brazilian league. Um, 
The Brazilian League is the only other league besides the Premier League in the United States, uh, uh, a foreign league, where you can find uh, large fan bases of about uh, of multiple, multiple clubs, six, seven, eight clubs. So the thing that, um, from my discussions with people, has driven signups for the Brazilian League on Paramount Plus, and something I didn't expect, and I didn't think about when they got the rights. I just, when they got the rights a couple of years ago, I thought, eh, you know, it's nice, but it's not that big a deal, um, is that there are large fan bases, there are more big clubs in Brazil than uh, in the other leagues in Europe. Uh, other than the Premier League. So it's like the Premier League in that you will have the big base of Newcastle fans and West Ham fans that sign up for Peacock. Same thing in Brazil. You'll have Flamengo fans and even Curitiba fans, and you'll have Palmeiras fans. There's so many big clubs in Brazil. Botafogo, Sao Paulo, like Santos, I could go on and on. Fluminense. Um, that Serie A doesn't have. Uh, Italian Serie A. Italian Serie A, there are no fan bases for these clubs in the U.S. That's the reality. Um, yeah, Elon and Juve, it's kind of minimal. New York, right. Yeah, yeah. So that that's something else that um, CBS will look at. Having been um, rewarded for their for taking a chance on the Brazilian league, they're probably looking at that metric and saying, you know what, it, Italy doesn't quite cut it. So going back to the question about uh, if it feels like the population of soccer fans in this country is shrinking or not, my my thing is I think 2018 not qualifying for that World Cup really screwed things up big time in terms of the, the growth trajectory of soccer in this country in terms of number of fans. Uh, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be U.S. soccer fans. It could be fans of any 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 team or country in the United States. 2018 was really a disaster in terms of not qualifying. Um, and it's four years, right? You have to wait four years until the 2022. And arguably to me, the U.S. did not achieve what they should have achieved in, in that competition either. So now we're going to 2026, which is a whole different ball game as far as hosting it or co-hosting it. So that will help tremendously. But 2018, I think, really screwed things up. Um, and I think it probably put a lot of doubts in the minds of um, probably non-soccer people, people that some of these broadcast companies that don't really know or understand soccer, but like, uh, really? You mean, is it, you mean, because 2018 World Cup, I mean, you and I and most of the listeners, I'm sure, probably watched most of the games, if not all the games. And, and you know, to us, it was fantastic tournament. And so was 2022 in terms of on the pitch, off the pitch, forget about it. But on the pitch, right, we love soccer. So to us, I don't think we felt it as much. But outside it, in mainstream America, not qualifying for a World Cup, that certainly, definitely hurts things. Uh, and at the same time, too, with cord cutting, more and more people watching games on streaming, um, it that that definitely has has a detriment too in terms of a negative impact on the number of people watching games. I believe because it's for some people, it's you I mean if they haven't cut the cord yet, or they're confused about all the options. Uh, it can be confusing. It's it's a roadblock in the way of them watching soccer on television. And I think even though t TV is dying as we know it, as far as kind of linear television, cable and satellite is dying, um, it's still to me is the gateway into getting new fans, and then and then maybe they add subscriptions on the streaming side. And and that's why I see Liga Mekis and the Premier League really, you mean as the power as the heavyweights in this country. Um, and any thoughts, Kartik, on why Liga Mekis, um viewership is down as much as 30 to 40%? I think there's um, 
a cord cutting. I think there's also a reality, although you know, this season has gone a little differently. Um, there has been a, there was a reality that Monterey and Tigres, those two clubs, had um, who don't have, by the way have huge fan bases in the U.S. Um, had a disproportionate amount of money compared to um, the traditional powers, the Cruz Azuls, the Pachucas. Uh, Pachuca being a more recent power, uh, the the Club Americas and, and Chivas. So um, I think there was that uh, element. I also think that there has been some cord cutting. I think that uh, younger, more um, uh, more kind of bilingual Hispanics have not necessarily turned on to Liga MX the way um, their older brothers and sisters did, their fathers and, and, and mothers did. So that's... Um, that that's an issue as well. I, I think also uh, just in general, um, the lack of consistent kickoff times. Right, this is something that we talk about with MLS. Um, Leagues Cup didn't do much to change that in terms of uh, generating interest, which um, was unfortunate. I, I thought it might be good for Liga MX as well as being good for MLS. Uh, it it, uh, it was. Um, I'm not sure who it was good for other than Inter Miami uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Right, so yeah. um, th- these are all kind of questions. Why has that audience begin to t- began to taper off? Um, again, this is all relative, right? I mean, we've had a conversation just now about Serie A. The uh, Liga Mecchi still has like fifteen times, twenty times the viewership of Serie A of Italian Serie A in uh, in the U.S. But there are warning signs, um, and I do think maybe it is among younger people. Uh, bilingual Hispanics, whereas the Premier League is making its greatest impact amongst younger, um, more affluent uh, um, uh, people in the United States, uh, in, in, in many in suburban areas. And that's something that I keep hearing from um, uh, folks who, who, who are involved in the business of football, business of soccer in this, in this country, that the Premier League and English football in general has captured something in a younger more wealthy demographic audience that this sport um, hasn't otherwise. So that's yep. um, uh, and that probably MLS hasn't captured. So that that that's something also to consider is like the age and the demographics and kind of the socioeconomic levels of, of, of fan bases. And that's another place where the Premier League is standing apart from everybody else. I'll share an, an- anecdote. Uh, so my youngest uh my son uh christopher who's also named christopher he's 15 years old he's, he's a freshman in high school um he loves sports right he's very outgoing so like so he, the last like year or two he's been getting into sports even more more so he's been like watching all the streaming watching uh max and espn plus and fubo and and, and all the streaming services to watch uh, content i mean watch, watch sports right so he's been getting big into watching uh uh, basketball, so whether NBA basically, NBA he'll tune in you know, whenever and watch a game if he has time. Um, then he'll watch uh, NFL games. Uh, a week ago, he started getting into college football. He was like, "Okay, I want to watch this and see what this is all about." Uh, he's been watching uh, ice hockey, uh, NHL a little bit. He's still kind of get, getting to know that a little bit better, uh, and he's been watching Major League Baseball. Uh, Anytime I mention to him, hey, hey, Chris, uh, tonight it's uh, soccer on a big game on tonight, right? It's going to be, you know, I don't know, USA against whoever, or if it's going to be this past summer would have been, hey, Messi's going to be playing tonight. He's like, no, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, come on, let's watch it. These are the, some of the, the best soccer stars 
in the world. You can watch it. It's, it's really fun. It's like, nope, nope, no interest. And, and even at school, too, uh, uh, kind of a high school level, some days they'll have shirt days. <laughs> I'll say to him, like, hey, because he's like, it doesn't have a lot of um, sports jerseys. Uh, maybe one or two, but I said to him, like, hey, if you want to, here's here's a soccer shirt. This is a really cool soccer shirt. It's like, nope, not interested. If you walk into my house, my house is Soccer Central. <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to have games on on TV. I've got you know, BBC Radio going on 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 the uh, on the on the Google Home. I've got posters of Gareth Bale. I've got, I mean, Panini soccer collections. It's a it's a soccer household. All of us in our family either work in soccer. Uh, my wife uh, works, runs a, uh, a local soccer club. Uh, my kids have played. Christopher's played play too when he was younger. But at this day, this age right now, high school, no interest at all. And, and he has some friends that play soccer, but it's considered a minor sport. Uh, going back to the whole you know, major, major league or, or minor league, and I think part of it, honestly, going back to the 2018 World Cup and U.S. not making it, a big picture, the U.S. not having as strong of a team as they should for a country of this size with all the resources that they have, I think is having the most detrimental impact of the, on the growth of the sport in this country. Because most soccer fans in the United States will believe, will be honest with themselves and say, hey, yeah, the U.S. team, yeah. I mean, depending on which side of the fence you're on. But this U.S. Uh, national team is not going to win the World Cup. Uh, Greg Berhalter, a few weeks ago, was talking about winning the World Cup. And, you know, tweeted that out, saying, like, how he's, his full intention is to try to win the World Cup, which I, I don't blame him for trying. But the reality is that the U.S. national team and, and the structure and the resources, and, I mean, the creativity that we're missing, we're not miss we don't have those creative players they're really going to make a difference on the on the on the Premier League level. Most of the American players are playing in Serie A, or if they're playing in the Dutch league, right? And they're doing well, really well in the Dutch league. We saw that with Josie Altidore back in the day, I mean, being one of the, the top scorers in the, in the Eredivisie. Then he gets signed by Sunderland, does nothing. Then he goes to Hull, does nothing. Time after time, we see Americans not doing well at the highest level of the Premier League. So I, I think personally that that's my thing is it feels like it's stagnating the growth of soccer in this country because there's a lack of belief. And most Americans can't kind of wrap their arms around like, hey, we've got a team that can win this World Cup because I, I don't think anyone believes that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No, and uh, I, I don't think the Premier League has necessarily been the highest level that whole time. So let's take uh, La Liga. One American player has stood out in La Liga. I mean, Jose Altador went to Villarreal. <laughs> How did he do? Right. right? How did Sergio Dest do in La Liga? So, um, yeah, I mean, they can do well in Serie A and the Bundesliga, but in terms of the Premier League and La Liga, we have seen um, some some really uh, bad performances. Kolashaw got a goal this week for uh, we had two uh, yeah. uh, two American players playing in that game, uh, Trusty and, and uh, Kolashaw. Uh, he got a goal for Burnley, so that's 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 maybe a, a positive. Uh, he could still play for Italy, though. If I were him, I would be open to that rather than than uh, hitching my wagon to the U.S. But uh, no, your point is very well taken. I, I feel like there's less there's there's the interest is either plateaued or it's diminishing, um, and it's not just you and me. I talk to people. This is a general sense that like uh, it's it's it, 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 we we hit a we hit a, a a wall. We hit a roadblock, but. We have Copa, we have World Cup, all this stuff. Those are the kind of the spin, right? That that stuff's coming up. Um, I, I've also been told that the uh, um, that the U.S. women's performance this summer damaged the sport uh, f- uh, further, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is true. Is yeah. is very true. So um, I do think ultimately it's not cool anymore. There was kind of a hipster element. If you were, if Christopher had been in high school ten years ago. Um, a hipster element of you know showing up at at, uh, at your high school uh, wearing a Liverpool shirt uh, or showing up wearing um, a PSG shirt. I don't think that's there anymore. You know, I, I think that there's been a diminishment in terms of uh, uh, of interest, and it, and it's really um, it's really worrying. I mean, I think I think uh, it hasn't spooked sponsors, and I think maybe the Premier League. Is, is masking the weakness in the sport in this country because, as I said, the Premier League has attracted a certain demographic which appeals to advertisers, appeals to sponsors, uh, means people will pay uh, to sign up for Peacock, means uh, advertisers will advertise on NBC's Premier League matches. But I do think once you then dial it back and you're trying to air Serie A or you're trying to air the Bundesliga or you're trying to air Liga uh, you have to take, if you're a network, if you're a media company, you have to almost take market research about how popular the Premier League is to the sponsor and say, well, you know, Serie A could be the Premier League, which we, yeah. which we are acknowledging in this conversation. It can't be and it won't be. So, um, yeah, I'm frustrated. I, 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 uh, um, I, the MLS going on on Apple, I think, has been de- detrimental to, to the sport as a whole um, and, and continuing to grow the brand of soccer. Look, I mean, we criticize leagues, we criticize um, decisions, we criticize business decisions on this podcast and on our website. But Chris, you and I ultimately are fans of soccer. We want soccer to do well. We're advocates for the sport. And I think as we get deeper into this Apple deal, it's not just, hey, it's not us being smug and saying, oh, no one's watching MLS, no one's talking about MLS. We're disappointed by it because MLS has to be one of the primary drivers of interest in the sport in this country. And by putting themselves behind the the Apple 
the double Apple paywall, right? It's one thing to be behind a Paramount Plus paywall, as we're talking about with Serie A and the Brazilian League, etc. It's another thing to be on Apple, which is uh, considered kind of a luxury premium service. It's not as mainstream as Paramount Plus or, or uh, ESPN Plus. And then you're adding a, a, an add-on fee to that. Um, it just is, uh, it, it's just not working for the sport. So um, how do we reverse this? I don't know. I mean, there was a, I think the Premier League is the driver. The national team maybe has to have a good Copa America. Um, as you said, I think the women's national team has to recover. Um, I, I, I have to tell you, right, the women's national team is in Fort Lauderdale right now um, at the moment. Emma Hayes has come and visited them. Chris, I have never seen so little interest uh, when the women's national team came to South Florida. It was a big event the previous times they've come. It's the U.S. women. It's Abby Wambach. It's, you know, whoever the star is at the time, Alex Morgan. It's been a big deal in local sports media. You lived here for part of that time. It's been a big deal in the soccer community. This time it's like, ah, those those losers. Right. (laughs) Right? Well, yeah. Yeah. and the friendly against uh, China, uh, U.S. women against China uh, the other night, I think had a crowd, actually on Saturday, I think it was in day, daytime, had a reported crowd of, I think, about 8,500. It looked a lot less than that, the actual, the actual crowd. So, But it used to be very difficult to get to even get into a U.S. women's game in South Florida. Yeah. Right? When and, they play at and, FAU, these were huge events in town. They were not just events among soccer fans. They were events among the, the, the general sports um population in uh in Dade Broward Palm Beach County this time it's been a thud and it, when I right. mentioned it to people it's been like ah you know we saw the world cup they're done you know uh well, and, and, we, and we don't ticket, care about them and the ticket prices weren't expensive and, and actually I right. got a couple of promotional emails from uh from into Miami saying like hey we've got a two for one special right now so even with uh, ticket prices that are reasonable and two for ones and who knows how many they gave away uh, very little interest. It's um, yeah. You mentioned before too that I think Major League Soccer has to be successful for this for soccer to grow in this country. I disagree with that, Kartik. I, I think to me right now the Premier League is the soccer league in the United States. So much so that I think in in, in some ways it's actually hurting the international viewership too. Because I mean viewership of in, uh, of the national team. Because like any time, right? You, you're watching you know, Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal and Luton and all these other teams, and then all of a sudden the breaks go on international break for two to three weeks, and it's like it almost makes you yeah, hate, yeah. hate the national game, right? Hate the international team because it disrupts the flow, and then it go, then it comes back to the Premier League or the European seasons, and it takes a little bit of time to get get back into it. And then before you know it, there's another international break. And, and I have to tell you, uh, as someone who uh, is on UK radio fairly often, at least once a week, and talks more, uh, that's the sense in the UK, right? I, I, I There was one time I was on TalkSport expecting Scotland had qualified for the Euros. England has flew through qualifying until the last couple of matches, right? I, I'm expecting to, to at least talk about that. And the host is like, ah, this lousy international break. <laughs> And the callers are like, ah, when's club football back? Let's watch non-league this weekend. Let's watch League Two this weekend. So I, I think that there's just kind of a general um, among hardcore soccer fans, which again is who are watching the game in this country now because we plateaued, uh, a rejection of the international game outside of the tournaments. Now, the tournaments are important because they bring casuals in. Our hope is this summer Copa America brings casuals in. Um 
in spite of me saying how poorly the U.S. played this summer in uh, in the in the World Cup and the Women's World Cup, the television ratings were good considering the times of those matches uh, mm -hmm. on Fox. They were very good. So there are casuals who will tune in. Now the key is you have to win when those casuals tune in. And uh, um, we didn't do it. We didn't qualify in eighteen uh, twenty-two. I think. Uh, was was okay. I think that I, I disagree with you. I think that did kind of help. I, I don't know what you know the what the why the expectation would be higher for um, for a U.S. team with a lot of young players. I I, I, <laughs> I mean I could I can point out when other countries have had squads that young how poorly they've done in tournaments. So I I, I disagree completely that the U.S. should have uh, uh, done better in, in the 2022 World Cup. But the point remains that uh, after that people tuned out. Women's World Cup, they tuned in. We did very poorly. That was an embarrassing tournament um, uh, for, for the U.S. Uh, actually, probably as bad as any men's tournament we've had, including 98, if you just think of it relatively speaking, 98 Men's World Cup. So um, it's bad. So 2024 Copa America, we're going to have to have a strong U.S. men's national team performance when the casuals come in. And then in terms of the Premier League, um, this is where the Peacock issue comes in. Um, is it hurting soccer that NBC now has made a determined effort to put the biggest Premier League games exclusively on Peacock, with very few exceptions? And I noticed uh, as a, uh, I don't watch other American sports other than college basketball. I, I know uh, some people are angry at my social media attacking college football, but I'm a college basketball fan, right? I don't like college football very much. Um, but NBC's doing the same thing. They've gotten the Big Ten rights. They're putting the biggest Big Ten matchups on Peacock in basketball. So I think this may be a strategy from NBC corporate, a Comcast corporate, um, not just Premier League-driven, but sports-driven. But is that limiting our ability to get casuals who might be used to might, might need to see Liverpool versus Man City on uh, NBC over the air or on USA Network. Is this, is this something that's also hurting us? Yeah, I think that, that part of it is, I think NBC is hurt in, in some ways by the Premier League, not, but the Premier League having the biggest games at 11.30 Eastern time on, on a Sunday, right? So by the time it ends, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. And, and then even if you do some kind of post-match wrap-up, so it ends by 2 p.m. And, and then you're competing with, you mean the big dogs, right? NFL. So I, I think in some ways the Premier League doesn't help themselves by putting those games in that time slot. Um, however, at the same time, you mean even if they, they move the times back a little bit to make them, you mean a good time for, for the US markets, would they still put those games on Peacock? Probably yes. <laughs> you mean so? Um, so I mean they're going, you mean helpful leather to uh, to you mean increase the number of subscriptions to Peacock as we have this discussion just in fairness uh peacock has fewer subscribers in the u.s than paramount plus than hulu than uh disney plus than uh uh what are their uh, max so they really are trying to well maybe max doesn't have more but then the three i mentioned yeah and not to even mention netflix and uh and uh, and prime the two uh, uh, uh and even youtube premium now has uh, i think higher numbers believe it or not than peacock so in terms of subscribers, based on the estimates we see. Yeah. So I yeah, think yeah. they Good have point. to drive traffic. They have to drive subscribers to Peacock. So I I, I, right. I know we just beat up on NBC, and, I, and I'm also complaining <laughs> about college basketball, but I think they have no choice, really. Or, or they shut it down. That's, that's the that's the alternative, right? They shut down Peacock. Yeah. yeah. 
Last question, Kartik, is uh, without revealing any sources or any names, but what was the, the general consensus about Major League Soccer in your discussions with um, soccer media executives and, and people within the business at SoccerX Miami, which is a, a very soccer business type of uh, uh, conference? You have people from around the world, clubs, um, even leagues, rights holders, um, some former stars, etc. I mean, in your conversations, what was the general consensus about Major League Soccer and, and the Apple deal? Nobody liked the deal. Nobody. Uh, there are people who said they like that MLS got money up front. Um, they like that MLS um, put themselves in a position to go all streaming, but they think the streaming service is wrong. They think the length of the contract is wrong. They think maybe MLS undersold itself long term. Um, and there is a general sense that uh, here's the word uh, paternity cost that Jeff Gertula at uh, CBS Sports also used, not in reference to this, by the way, but I'm just using that term again uh, for my own uh, uh, surmise. The opportunity cost is now the door was open for USL to get a, a network TV deal. I do not think USL gets I, I, I have more kind of background knowledge of, of who USL was talking to and, and, the, and the, um, the negotiations. I can tell you that the USL uh, conversations with Paramount Plus and CBS really intensified when um, NBC did an, uh, sorry, uh, MLS did a deal with Apple. And also there were local CBS affiliates who thought maybe if they got a piece of MLS like they have with NWSL, they would have local content, local sports content. Now they're seeing USL in that light. Um, and, and the other point on this is that um, at SoccerX, there was a view, view that the buzz about the MLS playoffs was dead. No one was talking about it, and that was attributed to Apple and attributed to uh, Messi missing the playoffs, right. the two things. Um, now, the other point I would make about this is that there is a feeling that maybe um, there is a turnaround this offseason and Apple um, produces more original content or MLS productions uh, in conjunction with Apple produces more uh, original content. There's more kind of cool magazine shows that get people engaged and then that drives subscriptions. The, the, one of the critiques I heard at SoccerX is that they hadn't done that, right? They hadn't done the basic entry, hey, we need to tell the story, we, we need to create the context which will get you interested. Apple was just like, hey, we have MLS. Uh, uh, subscribe, mm -hmm. and then it became, oh, we have Messi, subscribe. So may, there, there's a thinking maybe they'll reassess and they'll do that this offseason. But what are this goes back to conversation. I don't want to get too far afield here, uh, but we've had on this podcast for years. What are the compelling storylines? They don't have uh, a storyteller like Ryan Reynolds or a story like Wrexham to tell. So that's um, – then I know we get beat up on about – uh, the Wrexham thing, but that's that's the reality, right? There is a compelling storyline and a compelling storyteller that gets people interested in Wrexham. Um, so, uh, yeah, the general consensus is that it's it's a bad deal and that this isn't helping MLS. Um, yeah. Now they got a lot of money up front, so that's good. But other than that, it isn't helping them. And I last point on this with the lower division stuff that I I cover really closely, Chris. Um, USL is kind of on the back foot against MLS Next Pro in that soccer war. But the thing that people keep coming back to me at is now that USL has gotten itself on CBS, gotten a CBS deal, 
MLS Next Pro is buried on uh, on Apple TV. So um, while all things being equal, MLS may have an advantage having tried to uh, go into the lower division space and, and now trying to consolidate the entire pyramid under their under them, this is going to damage their lower division uh, because in the actual head-to-head -head competition, USL is now on TV and MLS is not. Or on linear TV, excuse me, linear television. So one of the things I'm hearing from my sources uh, behind the scenes is that Apple is looking at 2024 and looking to basically try to copy uh, what the Premier League is doing. So in terms of the way that the, the league is presented and, and, and the, you mean, they're looking at the Premier League saying, okay, that's kind of the what we need to aspire to. So what can we do that's going to be kind of Premier League level content? Now, the specifics of what that actually is, I don't know, but I guess they're going to try to build it up into kind of feeling like MLS is like the Premier League. The reality is, Kartik, that, you mean, you look at, you mean, the lack of pro rel, you don't have that storyline as far as teams getting promoted in or teams going down. So you don't have the jeopardy uh, aspect of it. You look at the, you mean, the built in um, number of years that you've built in these fan bases and have fan bases across the United States of people that have been Chelsea fans for, for a couple of decades. So, you know, whatever team it may be. Um, but also, you look at the at the at the end of it too. You look at the the salaries. You look at the players. You look at the the quality level. You look at the the, the actual level that this football, you know, that soccer has been played at. You look at after rankings. After rankings, a you mean a credible resource ranks the best leagues around the world uh, in the top thirty uh, leagues from around the world. The Premier League's number one. Uh, Major League Soccer is number fifteen. So from fifteen to one is a huge gap where you've got some major leagues in there, some smaller ones that MLS could climb over. But it takes years. It doesn't take it overnight. And you have to put in mass, 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 I mean, funding, investment into this league. You mean, you mean in terms of whether it's ad adding more DPs or all these different things that they have to do to get from where they are to where they want to be is just a, an enormous gap. That's almost unrealistic unless, you know, yes, Apple has the money. Are they going to invest uh, in, in the league the way that they want to? And even then, is that what are you going to do, right? What type of players are you going to buy? It takes, it takes years to do, develop you mean, a top-level league that people are going to sign up for to watch. You have Major League Soccer, which is Major League in, in name in terms of it's the highest price point for a, a soccer streaming service. And the reality is you have a, a lesser league, as, as Leo Messi says, a, a league that is in lesser quality than, than other leagues, which is the reality of where it's at. Kartik, I think we might have actually run out of time to talk about list of mailbags. We may have to save some of those for, um, for next week. But uh, I do want to read out what Eddie Q said at SoccerX Miami real fast, too, before we go into some, some of the list of mailbag, and we'll finish the rest next week uh, or the next podcast. Eddie Q, who's the uh, the VP at Apple, number two guy at Apple, um, uh, underneath uh, Tim Cook, he heads up um, all of kind of the Apple entertainment, uh, and is really the the, the key uh, Apple executive uh, when it comes to MLS season pass. At SoccerX Miami, he says, when I think of America, it's the biggest country in the world, the most powerful economic country in the world. So when I looked at soccer, people think it's crazy. 
but why wouldn't we have the best soccer league in the world? Why wouldn't the best players want to play here? When I looked at the 10 years, yeah, in my mind, we got this because we got, uh, we thought that together, we could build the best soccer league in the world. That's the goal. That's the objective. You know, we're trying to be the best. Otherwise, why, why do it? Obviously, right now, there's the Premier League, La Liga and Serie A and all that standpoint around all those different leagues. But we're, but you're starting to see this. Messi wanting to come to play here says a whole lot. There's a lot of players that are going to want to come play here and be part of this growth, of this opportunity. So when I go out and look at the 10 years, the way we, we're going to measure it is, are we going to be one of the best leagues in the world? That's success. That's what we need to be striving for. What, what do you think about that, Kartik? I think it's a fantasy, right? So Eddie Q is now reading from the same song sheet Don Garber uh, has read for. Remember, MLS was going to be one of the best leagues in the world by 2022. That date was given for some arbitrary reason by Garber at a at a previous point. And they keep moving the bar, right? And and when we judge them, we're judging them by their own words. I, I don't think it's possible. I, we can get into the whole governance issues and league structures another time. But yes, I do think a closed league uh, is not... Can, cannot be a top league in the world, right? I, I think this sport is just organized differently and with different premises in mind. And, and uh, in terms of unearthing talent, there there is a, a difficulty in, in a closed system. Um, although, in fairness, MLS, I, I, you and I are complaining, MLS is trying to consolidate the permit under them. Maybe that consolidation does help grow kind of the, the, the profile of the league and allow them to unearth more talent and get them to a, to a higher higher level. Uh, but until you see MLS fully in the in the international player market, where you you have 10, 15, 20 guys leaving MLS each year, going to big, uh, going to La Liga and going to Premier League and going to to Bundesliga, and then 10, 15 guys coming the other way, you're not there. Okay, I I, I know uh, we we can't judge everything by transfers, but I think a lot of just the the integration and the, and the and the value and the value that's put on the league can be based on transfer valuations and, and, and players coming in and out. And, um, you know, random guys, uh, that, that, that random big name guys you get, uh, usually on a free, doesn't uh, justify that, right? Does not put you in that conversation. It makes you the Saudi league. It makes you what the Chinese super league was at one time. And it makes you kind of a lesser version of the Turkish league where you have the top three or four teams that are loaded with guys we know from uh, from the Premier League and from La Liga and, and, and Serie A, right? And, and the Bundesliga. Um, now, to get there, um, you need a, a broader vision. And I, I'm not sure uh, MLS or Apple has that. So, um, no, I, I don't put much stock into what Eddie Q says there. Um, uh, I, it's great to say, hey, we had this 10-year plan and, you know, that's why it's a 10-year deal and we're going to be at the top at the end of 10 years. But I, I, I don't see what the steps to get them there are. I will put one caveat on this, Chris. I do think um, European leagues, and this is a conversation we had in the summer right, when we did the thing on the Saudi League, I think that the, the, the balance, cash, cash positive, that sort of thing, very kind of economics, business uh, thing, Europe is increasingly reliant on the Gulf states and Saudi Arabia right there. The Gulf Emirates, uh, Qatar, UAE, Kuwait, etc., Bahrain, and then also Saudi Arabia. 
to fund a lot of their project in sport, whether it's uh, 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 in, in this sport in football, whether it's in Formula One, whether it's in uh, golf. So that does open possibilities up that MLS could be equitable from a uh, business standpoint if, if, and this is the big thing, and this is the big thing with NWSL also, I, we're not going to talk about the women's side today, but if they're willing to change their structure. But if you don't change your structure, you're not going to get that investment. And I think uh, the deal with Apple probably locks them into being a closed league for another 10 years, right? Isn't that what you, you probably think? It probably means any chance at, at opening the system up is, is gone until that contract is, is, is done. Yeah, for sure. And and even then, it's probably uh, impossible anyway, unless you know, FIFA comes in or US soccer comes in and says, OK, you have to do this, which which they're not going to because FIFA's in bed with Major League Soccer as as US soccer is in many ways, too, even though they're kind of split in terms of their uh, partnership deals. They're still very much, um, you know, a lot of MLS employees, including Don Garber, are on the board um, at uh, US soccer. All right, let's move on to listener mailbag. I'm just going to go through a few of these and, and then we'll save the rest for next week. And, and of course, listeners, uh, feel free to uh, chime in with your comments and we'll read those out on the next episode. Dan Floyd says, in regards to the Bundesliga, he says, in your most recent podcast, there was some talk about the lack of interest in the US in the Bundesliga. I share your disappointment. I follow Stuttgart, uh, which has been pretty painful in recent years. So I know my view is biased since Stuttgart has had a such such a strong start to the season. Is the buy-in domination one of the biggest issues with the league? It came down to the wire last year, but I do think that it's made the league less interesting having Bayern win so many league titles in a row. Harry Kane coming to the league is a great story this year. Stuttgart and uh, Garassi uh, are another great story. It's a shame more fans aren't watching. And that's a feeling I always get to with the Bundesliga. I really enjoy the league, the way it's structured, the fan base, the atmospheres. Uh, the I mean the games, the players, everything to me is perfect. Um, it's not in English language, which to me is not an issue, but it will be an issue to some people. But even then, even with Harry Kane, right, it's just still nothing's happening. Uh, Turfit wants to talk about Major League Soccer. Turfit says, I have Apple TV and MLS since I have T-Mobile. Uh, yes, MLS season pass, but I stream my TV using a Shield Android TV. So MLS playoffs are out of sight and out of mind. The only MLS match I watched all season was Messi's very first game uh, that he came in after halftime. If Inter Miami becomes the super club using old retired Barcelona players, what does that say about the rest of the league? Scott says, uh, oh boy, where to begin? The MLS... The MLS playoffs are a dumpster fire. With a lucrative Apple deal in hand, Don Garber has created a nightmare situation. Um, Major League Soccer is allowing non-soccer executives such as Apple driving the league's competitive structure. <coughs> uh, what soccer league outside of international competitions allows networks to di dictate the competitive format of a league? This is more amateur than the soccer field in Chattanooga Don Garber was ranting about. The tailwinds of a young soccer-enthused generation creating the ideal future landscape for MLS is now a headwind. Why? Exhibit A. Two Hollywood college dropout actors with their hit show, Vulcan Rexham, are educating MLS's future demographic on the importance of community, belonging, and togetherness in a competitive landscape. 
something MLS is acutely allergic towards. Kartik used the words inauthentic to describe MLS in the past. I would use the word ick. <laughs> Kartik, uh, good good feedback there from uh, Turfit, Dan Floyd, and, and Scott. Scott, it's, it's home with some uh, zingers there. What do you think? Yeah, and, and I and I do think uh, it, 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 it's it's very amateurish that TV is kind of dictating, or TV, sorry, the media partner is dictating the format of um, uh, uh, of this stuff. So I uh, of MLS, and this seems to be the case uh, even when it was Fox and and, and uh, ESPN and before that NBC uh, covering the league. So I, I think. Uh, um, in order to be to, to, to break through into that, sorry, just real quickly into that that goal of Eddie Q, you have to have a consistent format every year. MLS's format changes year from year, year after year. Um, so uh, that's another great piece of feedback. Why they're not going to make it? Why uh, it's kind of pie in the sky? This idea that they'll be one of the top, uh, they'll be the elite league in ten years. Right, yeah, and, and Apple, um, in terms of their deal for starting 2023 with a deal with uh, Major League Soccer, was it five days or three days? I think five days before the league started, uh, they hadn't announced what the playoff structure was going to be. And according to some published reports, the reason that they came up with the playoff structure that they did come up with that has been a disaster uh, in terms of um, just the format of it, and, and, and everyone has really rebelled against this, even hardcore MLS fans, uh, the reason that they were doing it with this structure was because of Apple. Apple wanted to have more games, more inventory uh, to broadcast. And it's had, I would say, it's had a, the opposite effect, where it's even among MLS fans who are not fans of you know, Columbus or LAFC, I think a lot of them have checked out. If their team's not in it by this stage, um, they've pretty much checked out and not watching the games. I mean, they're saying, okay, let's call it quits and... We'll, uh, we'll watch again next season, but um, it's been really, really detrimental. And hopefully, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what Scott says too, right? You've got Apple really dictating to Major League Soccer, working hand in hand and kind of saying like, hey, what do you think about this? What should we do this? And this is a, you know, a massive global corporation, right? One of the biggest, uh, one of the richest um, corporations in the world with no soccer experience. This is the first entryway into soccer so they're using this i wouldn't say as, as a guinea pig but definitely you're learning on 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 the go and eddie q and apple executives have said this before too quite a few times in the past few months is that uh, in terms of when they're broadcasting games they're having some of the mls executives or owners of these mls teams you know, texting eddie q saying like hey how come there's no like league table on mls season pass where we can see where our standings are and they're going like, oh yeah, 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 we need to add that too. So, I mean, it's, I mean, to me, I mean, really, the blueprint is there if you want to be successful. Uh, however, they think that they have a better way that's going to be more successful. Having Messi certainly helps, but in some ways it hurts too because there's so much of a focus on that one individual player that it, that it is detrimental in terms of, I mean. Everyone's, I mean, not everyone, a lot of people are sick already of just hearing about Messi, Messi, Messi. Uh, you're not hear, hearing as much about Inter Miami or those other teams. And when Messi's not playing or, or Inter Miami is not in the playoffs or wherever, or Inter Miami is not even playing, um, there's less of an interest Quite in what's going on. 
quite frankly, the most brilliant thing NBC did in now their 11 seasons of broadcasting the Premier League was year one, the summer leading into year one, uh, after they uh, Fox and, and uh, ESPN had signed off. And then throughout year one, they made sure they built uh, context around the culture of various clubs, right? Yeah. And they, uh, they, 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 they had documentaries. Yeah, and they would have... Uh, they would have Roger Bennett. They would bring uh, uh, Gary Lineker in. They even did you know, use Joe Scarver, right, a political guy from from NBC yeah. News, to to to, to explore. And uh, um, he's a Liverpool fan, by the way. But he he went to, to Spurs and other places to build this context, to build the brand, to educate the viewership as to what was at stake, why it was so important, what the history was. Apple didn't do any of that with MLS. So uh, to a certain extent, MLS has been let down by Apple unless, again, this goes back to MLS's inherent cautiousness and they don't want to take chances and do things like that. Um, and um, mm-hmm. look, I think this is something inherent in U.S. soccer and, and, and something that um, uh, I'm going to get at in my next uh, piece on the women's soccer wars is the uh, is just the inherent cautiousness of NWSL, which is just the same thing as MLS. It's the same right. culture. And so, yeah, that comes from being a single entity. And I think Apple has to build that. They have to go and even have for casual fans, okay, you're not in an MLS market. You're, you're, it's a global deal. You're overseas. Here's a club you can root for. You can root for Colorado. That might be a bad example. You can root for St. Louis because of this, right? But they haven't done that. And they need to do that. They need to build the culture. Yeah, and one more thing on this too, Karti, before we go, um, is that you mentioned to original content for MLS Season Pass and how Apple needs to do more of that. To me, Messi Meets America, uh, that documentary series that they did, was awful. It was really bad. I mean, basically what it ends up being is it's it's a, a recap of the season. So if you're, I mean, I, I know you've bought... Uh, Manchester City uh, DVDs in the past that was kind of like a you know, yeah. 2013, 2014 season in full. It takes you from the start of the season all the way to the end. It shows you all the highlights. That's basically what Messi Meets America was. It it did not teach me one thing about... It gave I mean, me no, no insight at all. Narrating those, John Champion for years narrated those uh, those DVDs. Oh, yeah? So, oh, wow. yeah. So at least I got that when I ordered those. Uh, yeah. I don't order. But them you're a anymore, fan, though. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. So if if you're a fan of Messi or if you're a fan of Inter Miami, that Messi meets America is is great as a, as a recap to kind of uh, relive those memories. For everyone else, it's a waste of time, and and that's Apple's first big move into producing original content, and it, you mean it's poor, really poor, because I know that. Major League Soccer has been talking to the guys and actually signed a deal with the guys that do the Netflix Drive to Survive uh, series, which has been, you mean, for F1 has been um, legendary, right? It's been kind of a really difference maker. Uh, we're yet to see anything or hear anything more about that. Um, so I, I, I have questions. Going back to Scott, Scott, there's a fantastic um, comments that you had in the list of mailbag. I have doubts. I have questions about the Apple MLS partnership. I think they're perfect together. They're very similar in the way they operate. <coughs> um, they're very focused on hype and PR and um, very controlled, very, you mean, in terms of the way that they do business uh, and like to take control. Like Apple is almost like the single entity of, uh, 
of uh, mobile phones, right? Kind of trying to drive out Android, trying to push them down to be kind of the, the, the leader in the United States. MLS is doing the same thing with USL, trying to push them down so that they are seen as kind of the, um, the go-to leader in this country. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of similar. That's, so that's where the synergy between Apple and MLS come in. Uh, but this this is, uh, they, 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 they're um, got a global deal with Apple. So they have to be thinking a little broader um, and I don't think they know how to do that. Um, and, and we're at a point where uh, MLS has now been around for uh, for close to thirty years. So uh, the excuses are, uh, uh, are 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 still very rampant with uh, with people. But now I think the excuses uh, have run out in terms of uh, in terms of why they haven't been able to create uh, greater context where people want to watch. Where it's appointment viewing, right? Where you want to watch the league week in and week out, the way people watch the Premier League. Uh, you could be a fan of Bournemouth, but you're going to watch Spurs versus Liverpool, right? And that's right. that's the way it is in that league, and that's yeah. not the way it is in MLS. Uh, same thing in in college football, right? Since that's the seems to be the, the the model sport of this country. SEC fans, you could be a Florida fan. If you're a Florida fan, you're probably watching Alabama versus Auburn. But uh, if you're an uh, Orlando City fan, you're not watching St. Louis versus Kansas City in MLS. So there, there you go. All right, listeners, there's a bunch of different ways you can get in touch with us to share your feedback, give us your questions, uh, let us know how you uh, agree or disagree with anything we've said, uh, or to carry the conversation uh, onward and forward. Uh, you can reach us through email, which is web at worldsoccertalk.com. Again, that's web at worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, the website, worldsoccertalk.com. Click on podcast and then leave a comment in the most recent episode. Uh, Facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk. YouTube.com slash worldsoccertalk. You can leave a, a comment in uh, the most recent episode there. We'll post the, these episodes there too. Uh, Twitter is at worldsoccertalk. And oh, voicemail is 561 247 pretty much covers all the bases. Kartik, uh, so what's going on with Beyond the 90? Um, you mentioned uh, women's uh, soccer wars and uh, where can people find that content and, and subscribe if they're interested? Yeah, it's beyondthe90.substack.com taking an in-depth look at the women's soccer wars between USL Super League and NWSL, which is similar to what's happening on the men's side. In fact, it's connected to what's happening on the men's side. Uh, you can't just view these two things in a vacuum right now. And uh, so check that out at beyond90.substack.com. Excellent. So, all right, we've got plenty of midweek uh, games from soccer from around the world. And, of course, uh, we've got the MLS Cup final this weekend and uh, much, much more from around the world. So, Kartik, uh, what should listeners do and what are you going to do? Enjoy your football. <laughs> <laughs>